Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. Welcome to it. I'm John Fugelsang. Hope you had a great day. Thank you to everyone who showed up to vote last night. You are my heroes. You are the heroes of democracy. It's not the media. It's not the politicians. It's normal humans who take time out of a busy Tuesday and keep democracy going one year more. 866-997-4748 is our number. You're listening to U2 with the Soweto Gospel Choir in honor of the great Midwin Charles. Got a great show tonight. Bob Sesk is going to be with us. Shanique McClendon from Crooked Media is going to be with us. Very happy to welcome her to the show. Dr. Tracy Pearson in Hour 3, and we will be taking apart the news. There's a lot we got to get to. The U.S. has launched another round of airstrikes on Iranian-linked targets in Syria. I thought we pulled out of Syria and the Russians took over our military bases. That was under Trump. We're always at war somewhere. U.S. bases in Iraq have been under assault from the region since shortly after October 7th. I thought we pulled out of Iraq. Yes, but we've still got military bases there to guard, you know, all our oil that's under their sand. Ivanka Trump took the stand today in her family's civil trial in New York City. The year isn't over, but climate scientists in the EU are saying that 2023 is on track to be the hottest year in recorded history by a mile. Uh, House Republicans have subpoenaed Hunter Biden and the president's brother, James Biden, as part of their impeachment inquiry. By impeachment inquiry, we mean pretend to have an impeachment inquiry so you can just uh, humiliate the incumbent as much as you possibly can. And the day after having his agenda derailed by the beautiful voters of Virginia, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has announced he will in no way seek a presidential run in 2024. And friends... I always say, I will tell you when I'm wrong about something, and I love it most of the time when I'm wrong about stuff. And and, uh, boy, I have been saying my biggest fear is a contested GOP convention this coming summer where the party elders take the party away from nominee and convicted felon, because he will be a convicted felon by August, Donald Trump, and hand it to Glenn squeaky clean Youngkin. Not going to happen now. The deal now is, if these Republicans want to have a nominee, it's either going to be Trump or one of these things at the Republican debate tonight. Oh, that's right. You didn't know? Tonight 
at the Republican debate. Five GOP powerhouses square off to see who can be only 50 points behind the frontrunner Donald Trump. Who isn't here? Don't miss the third debate because only one can be a distant second. And friends, I was trying to prep for this show tonight while also trying to watch the Republican debate. And I was I was so torn on the one hand. Oh, my God, our politics are screwed. These people are such moral and intellectual mediocrities. What has happened to the party of Lincoln? Uh, On the other hand, who cares? Who cares about these people and this debate? I was trying to explain this to my child because he came in and he said, what's this? And I said, oh, these are the five people who are running for the Republican nomination. Uh, He goes, well, one of them run against Joe Biden. I'm like, no, they're they're running against Trump. Will will they beat Trump? Oh, no, they're all at least 50 points behind Trump, every one of them. So are they against Trump, Dad? Well, most of them say they'll actually vote for Trump. I don't understand, Dad. If they'd vote for him and, and, and he's in the lead, then why are they still running against him? Nobody knows. Uh, No, Dad, that's not an answer. If none of these people are ever going to run against Joe Biden, why are they even having a debate? Nobody knows. No, Dad, that's not an answer. Dad, why should we even care about this debate? Nobody knows, son. Nobody knows. But right now, as we speak, Ron, slaves got great job training. DeSantis is squaring off against Nikki. Look how smart I am when I'm sitting next to Vivek Haley. And uh, also Chris Christie, who... When I'm wrong, I'm wrong, friends. I said for a very long time that Chris Christie was going to be a powerhouse in these debates. Woo! I don't know what they did with Chris Christie and who this guy that they replaced him. They, they found someone who fits his suit. And then, of course, South Carolina's other swinging bachelor senator, Tim Scott. I guess he's never going to show us who his secret girlfriend is, but it's nice that he has a secret girlfriend. And then there's Vivek Ramaswamy, who pretty much announced tonight he's he's willing to perform public fellatio on Vladimir Putin atop a pile of slaughtered Ukrainian corpses, but only under any circumstances. I, I, I it's it's so bad. And you know what? The clown is me for watching. Right. Did you try to watch friends? Did you try to watch any of this? It, it's like a convention for Donald Trump's rejected henchmen. My drinking game words for this debate were abortion, uh, Palestinian civilians and middle class. I just realized I'm saying sober tonight because they don't want to say those. I should have chosen woke and open borders. Can we play just a couple clips from this, Chris? Because it's already boy. First off, uh, let me bring you. uh, Here's Tim Scott, who I think this is his opening. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think Tim Scott really brought his A game tonight. Because even then, there was a rise of anti-Semitism on college campuses. We must force the people off those campuses and frankly thank you let me out of our country let me turn to the guy what 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 what, force what people off the camp what yo it doesn't matter no one's listening Uh, now here's ron DeSantis presenting the biden campaign with a really nice list of opposition research talking points against donald trump where we are now, it's a lot different than we were in 2016. And Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. He should explain why he didn't have Mexico pay for the border wall. Yeah, he should explain down. why he racked up so much debt. He should explain why that, he yeah. didn't drain the swamp. And he said oh, yeah. Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing. In Florida, I showed 
showed how it's done. One year ago here, we want a historic victory, including a massive landslide right here in Miami-Dade County. That's how we have to do it. So I promise you this, as the nominee, <laughs> next November I'll Thank get you, the Governor. job done, and as president, I will your, deliver your time for is you. Up. Let me t- and I'll, I can persecute transgender people while I'm wearing high heels. Mm. I, I got to tell you, though. Vivek Ramaswamy really may have actually had the quote of the evening um, because early on, Vivek told some truth. He he did. I'll give him credit for it. And the whole event began with Rana Romney McDaniel, head of the RNC, who's been there since 2017. And all I want to have happen is that after the 2018 showing of the GOP in the midterms and after the 2020 presidential election and after the 2022 midterms and after last night, I'll sign any petition to make sure Ronna McDaniel stays in charge of the Republican Party forever. Please let her be in charge of all your campaigns, friends. But here is uh, Vivek Ramaswamy nailing uh, the problem with the party of losers. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, mm. 2020. 2022, Mm. no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. (laughs) Accountability in our party, but they should never investigate Donald Trump. It's listen, guys, what you just heard, those three clips, that's that's really all you need. That's the entire debate that and Nikki Haley seems really smart when she's standing next to Vivek Ramaswamy. Yes, it's our executive producer, Chris Household. It's funny you bring that up, John. I have a bonus clip for you. Hot off the presses. Please let me hear. Uh, what is it? Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy keep going at it. They appear. It's I, by these the way, two. I find these it a two. little racist that they their only job is they're allowed to attack each other. And that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all waiting. This like, We're all waiting to see if these two are going to hook up in debate six or seven. But so uh, I don't know if they are because Vivek uh, tries. They're talking about TikTok again. Anyway, listen yeah. to this. How do you get TikTok banned if you use it? Well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer is actually to say that we're just going to ban one. Oh, wow. They're just scum. <laughs> I just missed all the emotional high points of the entire thing, didn't I? I mean, listen, Vivek Ramaswamy, I'm a fan of Chinese malware. Go ahead. <laughs> so I think if you're just listening to our show, friends, you get a rough idea of what you're not exposing your nervous system to. And you really don't need to. I mean, the cats turned to me and the cats have never spoken, but they said, we're watching this. Why? So you, you don't need to watch it. Instead... You should get a chance to take a look at the House Democrats primary super PAC because they released a memo earlier today saying you look at the success of the Ohio abortion rights ballot. You look at Andy Bashir's reelection victory in super red Kentucky. It proves that Democrats can compete and win in Republican territory. Memo put out today has a list of 10 districts. Trump won in 2020 and House Republicans won in 2022 that the PAC says could be incredibly competitive in 2024 based off of the results yesterday and the recent special elections we've had. Among the incumbents, Lauren Boebert on Colorado. They're going to knock her off. Scott Perry in Pennsylvania. They're both in the right-wing Freedom Caucus. Brian Steele 
chair of the House Administration Committee. Also, uh, some unrelated good news that just came a few minutes ago. After 118 days of actors in my union being out on strike, SAG-AFTRA and the studios have reached a tentative deal on a new contract that could see Hollywood production up and running again within weeks. As of 12.01 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow, okay? So that's three hours after we end on the West Coast. At 12.01, if, if, as Chris pointed out earlier, if anybody comes on this show tonight before then and promotes anything, they're scabs. But after that, they're allowed. After a very dramatic day of debate, the Actors Guild's 17-member negotiating committee unanimously voted to recommend a tentative agreement to the SAG after board. If all this goes well and the board signs off on the deal, everyone in my union of 160,000 members will soon vote to ratify the new agreement. Also, uh, with SAG after pulling the plug on the strike uh, just after midnight, people could be back to work soon and production restarted very quickly. So I've got to fix up my resume and try to get a new waiter's job. Yeah. I want to also mention uh, the push to legalize recreational cannabis has never been like this. If you had told me when I was in my 20s that someday 70% of Americans think marijuana use should be legal, I would not have believed it. But that's according to Gallup. More than half of Americans right now live in states where cannabis will soon be legal. 87% of Democrats support it. 70% of independents. 55% of Republicans back legal cannabis. And this market is worth $64 billion. It's almost tripled in three years as more and more states have decriminalized. Um, it's going to change our economy, and it will drive more people to the polls. Not as much as abortion, though. And last night's election proved people are not done being angry about a reality show TV racist landlord clown who came ran for president and came in second, but still got to hire three Supreme Court justices, and that's why women have less rights than their mothers and grandmothers did. People still mad. They're mad in red states like Kentucky. They're mad in Virginia. They're mad in Ohio. Abortion rights, my friends, have won every time they've been on the ballot since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. The good folks of Ohio added the right to an abortion into their state's constitution. Now, groups in Florida and Arizona and Nevada and Colorado and South Dakota they're all trying to get abortion rights on their ballot next year. Think about that. Think about if all the swing states get a measure on the ballot for 2024 to make abortion the law of that state's constitution. Think about how much that's going to help turn out. Again, every night I'm talking about these polls showing, oh, Joe Biden's underwater and he's losing to Donald Trump in the battleground states. Guys, we just saw a Democrat win an easy victory in deep red Kentucky over a MAGA-endorsed Republican. Donald Trump won Ohio by eight points, and they just passed an amendment ensuring access to abortion care in their constitution. These off-year elections we just got through it really shows where Americans' minds are over the next year. And don't forget, there's going to be a lot of hype over who the next president will be. People are going to be paying attention because, A, they're going to have this pantomime with these other losers running for the GOP nomination, and Donald Trump has seven trials between now and next year. People are not going to be less engaged than they are right now. Only you guys are engaged. Y'all news nerds and people listen to shows like this. People who actually care about democracy and follow politics. That includes our friends on the right. Those are the people who usually pay attention in a year like this. But look at the turnout last year. Huge victories for Democrats in red states. And let's talk about Virginia's legislature. This is the biggest, biggest victory of the night. Democrats kept control of the state Senate. 
and they flipped the state house. Just two years after Republicans took control of the House, Democrats won it back. And this is a rebuke of Donald Trump. This is a rebuke of the Supreme Court. This is a rebuke of Governor Glenn Youngkin, who the Republicans have thought is going to be the great white hope after Ron DeSantis fell to sleep on the job. Democrats have been trying to block his 15-week abortion ban. Last night, the voters took over. Roe v. Wade being undone is going to continue to be a horrible drag in competitive races in this country. It's not going to go away. It turns out the lesson of last night, Americans don't like having their rights taken away from them by mediocre men. Glenn Youngkin had promised, oh, I'll only do a 15-week abortion ban, but only if the Republican Party is able to get unified control over the whole General Assembly. Uh, Not only were his hopes of a Republican sweep put to rest, The Democrats now control both chambers. Glenn Youngkin will not be a Hail Mary nominee for the party of Lincoln this year. Democrats, just keep on winning. Keep on winning. Keep on putting out the message. Keep on getting people to promise to vote. Keep on getting people to make sure they will check and make sure they're registered in the right place because we know the fuckery that goes on behind the scenes. But now, Democrats, you keep on winning these special elections. Get out there. And start telling conservative people why your policies will help them. Go big. Go back to 2008 when the unsung hero of Barack Obama's election year was Howard Dean's 50-state strategy. Go into Alabama. Look how competitive you were this year in Mississippi, for God's sakes, Democrats. It's not about Biden. In fact, if you guys are listening, White House, I know you do, uh, maybe consider this being Joe Biden's presidential re-election slogan. It's not about me. Because it's not. Biden's poll numbers don't matter. People aren't voting on who the Democratic candidate will be. They're voting against Trumpism. Joe's just got to come up there and say, folks, it's about you. It's about your rights. It's not about me. It's not about me. Make that the campaign slogan. That's a way of addressing both the age issue and the polling issues. Because it's not about him. And it wasn't about Joe Biden last time. Look, here's a confession. I've never been in love with a president. Maybe if I'd been alive for FDR, maybe if I'd been alive for JFK, but I, I've, I, 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 I'm a kid of the 80s. I've never looked on a president like they're a hero. Are you kidding me? The first president I ever voted for was Bill Clinton. I've, I mean, I like Barack Obama, but for me, it's always been whose policies are going to be the least harmful. I, I've never been in love with a president. So it's not a big deal to me that I don't love who I'm voting for because I'm voting for a movement. I'm voting for causes. Is Joe Biden a great president? I don't know. He's the president who may have achieved the most to help the most people in my lifetime. He's probably achieved more things that help more Americans than any president since I've been born. He's also the president who's evolved the most in my lifetime. I wasn't a huge fan of middle-aged Joe Biden when I was a kid, but the old guy I've come to respect very much. Not on everything. God knows. Where where do you want to start? The depleted uranium and, and cluster bombs to Ukraine? Still not calling for a full-throated ceasefire, but he's not perfect. And Joe Biden knows this. And when he says, don't judge me against the almighty, judge me against the alternative, he's right. Because he's not perfect, but they're nuts. And there's no contest between him and Donald Trump. Joe Biden is doing shit. The CHIPS Act, the PACT Act. Hearing aids are over the counter now. He got the big three pharma companies to sit down and actually negotiate drug prices with Medicare. The Infrastructure Act. 
lowering health care costs, capping insulin at $35 a month for people on Medicare. The, the first black woman on the Supreme Court. He's appointed more black women judges to the circuit court than every other president combined. The American Rescue Plan with the child tax credit brought us to the lowest level of child poverty in history. 9.5 million new jobs, the lowest unemployment rate since we walked on the moon. Hiring more IRS to force the goddamn rich tax cheats and corporations to finally pay their fair share. Oh, and the biggest climate investment ever. And he kept his promise and it was messy, but he got us out of America's longest war ever. Oh, again, I'll say it. He did this with a divided Congress for all of his shortcomings and shitty poll numbers. He gets things done. He's like a lesbian Scientologist. What happens if the GOP controls our government? What happens if it's Donald Trump? It's going to be Donald Trump locking up everybody who ever told the truth about him. John Kelly, you go in jail. Michael Cohen, you go in jail. You know he's going to do it. It's going to be more abortion bans, escalating the drug war. They're going to go after birth control. They're going to do it. And they're going to cut taxes even more for rich people. And they're going to weaken the NATO alliance because Putin wants that. They're going to stop supporting Ukraine so Putin can violently take it, slaughter as many civilians as he needs to do it, just like Hitler took Czechoslovakia, just like Hitler took Poland, except when Hitler took Czechoslovakia and Poland, he didn't have the American Republican Party cheering him on. So I'll take Biden any day. You got someone better? You got someone better to run? You got a Democrat who can get 270 electoral votes and get this much legislation passed in an evenly divided 50-50 Congress? Tell me about him. I'll donate money. Until you produce that man or woman, let's focus not on reelecting Biden, but keeping the fascists out. That's what's driving it, people. That's what the pollsters don't get. Last night on Election Day, we saw the only polls that matter. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We will be right back with the great Bob Seska. This is Progress After Dark. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. 
Can we talk a little bit more about the election night of 2023? These wins across deep red states, these wins across deep swing states. It shows that the Democratic Party has got their policy priorities in the right place. It wasn't a big night for Joe Biden. It's not about Joe Biden. It's about the issues. It's about kicking back the fascism. It's about women's rights. It's about human rights. It's about Americans who like their rights. It's not about polls of people who answer landline phones and people who answer cell phones when they don't know who the caller is. We saw Ohio vote to codify reproductive freedom into the state constitution. We saw a Democrat reelected governor in deep, deep, deep red Kentucky. And don't even get me started about Virginia because I'm going to get all giggly and distract myself. That's why I'm so pleased to welcome our next guest to the show. I've been a big fan of Shaniqua McClendon for a long time. She's worked in politics for over a decade. Once upon a humble time, she was an intern in the Obama White House. You might know her as vice president of politics at Crooked Media, where Pod Save America and all those great pods come from. That is where Shaniqua led the creation of Vote Save America, which is what we need, a voter engagement program. And they helped create the blue wave of Democratic victories in 2018, 2020, 2022, and last night. Vote Save America has raised over $54 million directly for candidates and grassroots organizations and voter registration and, most importantly, voter protection efforts. It is such a great pleasure to welcome Shaniqua McClendon to SiriusXM. Hi, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Well, thank you for being had. It's really a pleasure. Before we even get into it, I hope I'm not taking away from the GOP debate. It's so rich in content and <laughs> substance. And, you know, I love watching Nikki Haley look really smart standing next to Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, yeah. What was your did you have any any takeaways? I, I watched about the first hour before we went on the air. And uh, yeah, it's a big cutthroat race to see who will come in second place, 50 votes behind the leader. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It I mean, it scared me. This was actually the first one I watched because I couldn't figure out how to actually access the debates before. But I finally found my father's login for cable and was able to to watch this one. And I was I mean, I knew what was happening on that side, but I was really surprised to hear some of the stuff that they were saying. Very eager to go to war over literally anything. I mean, even talking about fentanyl and, you know, going to war with with the cartels. It's just it's really scary that that's the framework they operate through. And another part of kind of the discourse within the presidential primary, at least, you know, the Republican presidential primary that I had not heard, but heard today was raising the age uh, for Social Security. And but specifically for young people, they're very clear that for people who are close to accessing it, they're not going to touch that. And they know those are the demographic of voters who turn out pretty regularly. But people in their 20s and 30s, apparently it is fine to raise the age for us to just keep working. And that was pretty astonishing to hear. And yeah, uh, you know, Nikki Haley really stood out. (laughs) She, you know, which might be easy to do amongst that crowd that was was on stage. But um, yeah. Just really depressing, I think. I mean, I, I, I think you nailed it. Uh, I expected more from Chris Christie. I guess being an yeah. adult in the room is as good as it gets. But, yep. you, you know, and I use that expression loosely. But, yeah, you've got the Ron DeSantis's who mm-hmm. can't wait to fire missiles across our southern border mm-hmm. into residential areas in Mexico, our number one trading partner. And then you've got sock puppets like Vivek Ramaswamy, who likes to do this new GOP thing of bragging how anti-war we are. Unless Vladimir Putin's the one having it. No problem yeah. with anything Vladimir Putin does with war wise. We, we will we will kiss up to him on top yeah. of a pile of Ukraine corpses. But otherwise, we're really against war. Joe Biden bad. He one of his answers about the Ukraine war 
I, I really was, again, I guess I have not been paying enough attention to this primary. I was not expecting him to essentially say, you know, Putin can do whatever he wants because he just gets to do whatever he wants and then do a hard pivot to seem like he's some kind of peace man who doesn't want to go to war. And it's like, if you are anti-war, be that. But to be anti-war except for Russia feels like the worst take possible. I, I, that, and I rave about this every night because they're all claiming now that they're the ones anti-war. They're the ones mm-hmm. anti-war. And to me, Shaniqua, it is no different than Bush 20 years ago when Bush wanted to invade a smaller country that had never attacked yep. us and they were all behind it. And now Vladimir Putin's attacking a smaller country that never attacked him and they're all behind it. But mm-hmm. because they don't support Ukraine defending itself against this genocide yeah joe biden's a warmonger and look at me yep. i'm a dove and this is yeah. across the right-wing spectrum yeah it's it's it really demonstrates how it doesn't matter what the issue is it doesn't matter what the party's previous positions are if joe biden is for it they are going to be against it and and just make it a huge deal and it that just really feels like something that donald trump has helped I mean, there's a lot of things that came before Donald Trump that have just been exacerbated by his presence in the party. But I think that specifically, like completely abandoning the things they believe, that is like a phenomenon that Trump has really just pushed because whatever he wants, and he's someone who was a Democrat, I think deep down he still believes many of the things he used to believe. But, you know, some of that he's brought into his stances, like on trade you know, trade agreements, that is like Republicans are supposed to be for those, you know, it's good for business. And when Donald Trump said he wasn't, they weren't. And it's just how do you, even if I don't agree with the ideology of the party, I would like to know what it is, you know, be consistent (laughs) about what you believe. They simplified it. The the ideology of the party, the platform is whatever Celebrity Apprentice wants, Celebrity Apprentice yep. gets. We were the party that was all about the police, but now go ahead and beat mm-hmm. the hell out of them on the Capitol steps. I mean, yeah. we're the party that pretends we care about illegal immigration, but let's hire a president who's hired undocumented workers off the books in two mm-hmm. different centuries. Yep. Yep. No, it's, it's so true. And I don't know what to do with it. And yeah, I it's just been really (laughs) crazy to watch over these years because, you know, I have to imagine if you are a candidate running against a Republican who you just don't know where they stand, like it's just hard to run against them. You know, how do you take I mean, I should say you should take the stances that you believe in, not um, try to kind of dictate them around who you're running against. But it's just hard to run a race when you don't know where the person you're running against stands. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, you look at 2020 and COVID vaccines. Why were vaccines a political stance, you know? Because Trump made them a political stance. Exactly right. And certain things just shouldn't get to that point. And it seems literally everything has gotten to that point now. I mean, books, you know, it, it's just really gotten crazy. And it it's really scary because... If Joe Biden says anything, you know, it's now political football and he could just be trying to make the country better. Yeah. I mean, you're right about the vaccines. Donald Trump, they'll give him credit for developing the vaccines with his own hands. He deserves a Nobel (laughs) Prize for all the hours he spent in the lab making those vaccines. And no way am I taking those goddamn vaccines. Exactly. Uh I mean, like they've been both of those thoughts coexist at the same time because they don't think. Um, But, you know, I want to disagree with you. You said, I don't know what to do with it. 
you actually are someone who does know what to do with it. You beat them. And the Vote Save America community really showed up for Mm -hmm. a lot of the key battleground elections tonight. Can you let our listeners know, um, and I want to talk policy a lot more, but can you let our listeners know what Vote Save America's mission is and what kind of voter contacts and what kind of numbers you were working with last night? Yeah, yeah. So Vote Save America, um, we launched it in 2018 around the midterms. And initially it was kind of just a website, but now it's this larger initiative. It has our website it's a, and it's also a community of people who have come together to, to take action. Um, it's a community of voters, volunteers and donors. And we, through Vote Save America, provide them with literally all the information they need to have an impact on the things that they care about. Something that w- is the foundation of crooked media is talking about what's going on in politics and or the news in general. And a lot of that can be a little depressing. But something that's really important to us is that we don't just tell people what's wrong. We give them something they can do to fix it. And that is the essence of Vote Save America. And so we launched in 2018. And over the course of that time, we've raised about $55 million for progressive candidates, causes. We've activated um, over 500,000 voters, donors, and volunteers. And it's just been really amazing. Um, I I truly do believe that if you give people the tools to get engaged and have an impact, they'll do just that. Yeah. And even though I believe that, it's just still been amazing to watch it happen again and again over the past five years. And, you know, I've worked in politics now for, what, 13 years. And there's normally like cycles, you know, things go good for one party and then they go bad for that same party and kind of switch off. And by no means have things gone perfect for Democrats over um, the past, what, eight years, but they have gone well, you know, except for 2021, where we saw Glenn Youngkin win in um, Virginia, things have gone relatively well. And part of that is because things are so dire on the other side. You know, I was talking Mm -hmm. to a friend the other day and there are a lot of young people. There are a lot of people of color who are really frustrated right now. They don't feel like um, Democrats are you know, doing work specifically on their behalf. And I I truly do believe that we, you know, should be able to talk about the things we don't like within our party, hold our elected officials accountable, especially the people we actually support. Um, But now it feels like every election is so consequential that it kind of stifles our ability to even critique the people that we've put in charge because- Those critiques could lead to Donald Trump being president again. And if that happens, I don't know what's on the other side of that. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're asking me about right. America. No, but no, but I but I love what you said. I love what you said, because it's the line I have to walk every night. I've never mm-hmm. even belonged to the Democratic Party and I'm a political comedian. So I, I make mm-hmm. fun of all sides when right. I'm out in public somewhere. But, you know, I, for me, uh, it's very easy to support Joe Biden because he's the best candidate for the position. I once supported yeah. Bernie Sanders for the same reason. I supported Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton when she was the best person for the position. And, you know, Democrats, I would say, are better at walking and chewing gum mentally at the same time on this. Mm -hmm. Democrats don't need to have hero worship. They don't need to have these big rallies. And I think one of the themes of this election is going to be that it's not about Joe Biden and it's not about Joe Biden's poll numbers. It's about Mm -hmm. what Joe Biden's presidency prevents from happening. Yeah. You know, and and you mentioned the true believers. I mean, look at the anti-abortion movement. Their greatest Mm -hmm. victory in our lifetime, their greatest victory, overturning yeah. Roe v. Wade, has become their greatest liability in elections, mm-hmm. probably for the next generation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we last year, uh, 
2022 Vote Save America, we, like a lot of people, anticipated that uh, Roe was going to be overturned. We didn't anticipate. We were getting our campaign together for it. But what we didn't anticipate was the decision being leaked a month early. And in that moment, we basically had to scramble. And what we thought we had a month, an extra month to get together, we got together pretty quickly. But our audience responded so you know, aggressively in trying to re- react to this. And so obviously, even though some people can pay off uh, Supreme Court justices, our, the money we raised <laughs> couldn't do that. So, you know, we raised, um, we ended up raising uh, uh, 1.5, no, it ended up being around $2 million. Um, part of it was for direct services. So for independent abortion clinics, um, abortion funds, and then legal defense funds for any uh, people who got into trouble for accessing abortion uh, services. And what we, and we raised, I mean, we raised a million dollars in maybe a few days because people were really upset about it. And then that just built on, we raised money for a lot of those uh, ballot measures that we saw last year. So in Kentucky, um, Kansas, uh, Michigan, I'm, I'm, I know I'm leaving one one off, but all of those states, those abortion measures uh, went the way that we wanted. And especially looking at Kentucky and oh, Kentucky is Montana and then Kansas. Those were big surprises. And that's when I knew that is when I knew that the midterms were not going to be this red wave. People were pissed off. And even if you are a Republican, your expectation was that we would have Roe in place the way it's been for decades. And for that to be taken away was just really jarring. And people responded. Um you know, appropriately. And this year we saw that again, you know, in August, we were doing a lot of work around the um, ballot measure, the initial ballot measure in Ohio that Republicans mm-hmm. had put forth to try to raise the threshold to pass the ballot measure um, that was passed yesterday. And our again, our audience was just really ready to take action. They made a ton of calls. And, you know, over the course of this year, which you know, people call an off year. I like to just call an odd year. We have our new off years campaign uh, just to remind people that elections are happening all the time and you can't take your foot off the gas. I mean, Republicans haven't. And that's why we're that's part of why we're in this predicament now. They've had a lot of foresight uh, and trickery uh, to get themselves in control in a lot of state legislatures. But this year, um, uh, this year, we were able to raise about $200,000 across um, the elections that were happening this year. And so we were mainly focused on Ohio, Kentucky, and Virginia. Specifically in Ohio and Virginia, abortion was literally on the ballot. I mean, Kentucky, yeah. it was a huge theme as well. But in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin thought it was a good idea to <laughs> to end kind of his final note on, I'm going to pass a 15-week abortion ban and voters they said no they don't want that and then democrats were able to maintain the senate and flip the the um house of delegates which now glenn youngkin can't do that he can't really That's do right. much of anything nope. um and you can't then, run for president I, this year either can't save the now, gop and the i am so happy that we cut that off because he was able to position himself as this kind of you know what, what do they call him the great um, beige hope <laughs> and like you know just this moderate Republican, I mean, but no moderate Republican would be running around talking about a 15 week abortion ban in Virginia. It's Virginia. This is not, you know, Texas, which I know they 
want to do worse, but it just seems like a poor political calculation, but I'm glad he made it because now he's not running for president. I heard rumors that he might try to uh, challenge Tim Kaine, that he can't do any of that now. And so, and he can't run again for governor, at least not consecutively. So hopefully he's out of our hair for now. Um, But, you know, again, our audience really showed up for that. Um, We had about 270,000 voter contacts across uh, those states we were working in. And we even got to spend some time in Ohio and Kentucky. Uh, Pod Save America went on the road to go to those states. And we got to knock doors in Kentucky. And Andy Bashir winning felt obvious after, you know, we were talking to voters. There were Republicans who said, I vote Republican down the ticket every year. I cannot do that this year. I cannot vote for Daniel Cameron. And, you know, I think we saw that in the outcome. So, yeah, again, um, our our volunteers give us a lot of insight into this because they tell us what they're hearing on the doors and on the phones. And it's just been really, really amazing to watch this community grow from I mean, I feel like it's been pretty large the whole time because 2018, everyone was so eager. But, um, you know, we've, of course, seen some energy decrease a little, but, you know, not enough to stop the victories that we've been seeing. Yeah. I, you know, yes to everything you just said. I mean, the GOP has been talking about getting rid of abortion for so long, and then they finally mm-hmm. achieve their dream, and look what it does for them. It shows mm-hmm. why they'll never actually get rid of undocumented immigrant labor, because they know, aside from our economy collapsing, uh, that would be just as much of a killer for them as well. It's a short little bullshit yep. thing they can use to get, you know, frustrated white people to think they're actually doing something for them. SBA mm-hmm. Pro-Life America put out a very panicked memo today saying that abortion will be an issue in every race in 2024. And Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker said abortion is the number one issue in the 2024 campaign. If you're not talking about protecting women's reproductive rights as a Democrat, you're not doing it right. Is he right? Because that's going to drive the turnout. Joe Biden's polls have nothing to do with the real voting, which is people who show up at 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 the voting booths. Yeah, yeah. You know, I it's going to continue to be an issue. And that's why yesterday. I mean, there's a lot of reasons we should not extrapolate yesterday's uh, results into 2024. But one reason I think we can uh, in this one regard is on abortion. I think there was a lot of conversation around is abortion still a driving um, issue for Democratic or voters in general? And the answer is yes. I mean, people are still showing up. I mean, you look at Kentucky, where Andy Bashir was able to win win, um, another term. And, you know, we should caveat that his father was a really popular governor and people really like him, Uh, but he still was able to win (laughs) against Mitch McConnell's protege and Mitch McConnell, whatever you say about him, Kentuckians keep electing him. So he has a lot of credibility in the state, but we also saw the same thing in Virginia. You know, they elected Glenn Youngkin in 2021 and they rejected what he wanted to do. And Ohio, a state that is very red. I mean, um, Senator Brown continues to do well there, but this is going to be the toughest. Next year will be the toughest race that he's faced. And, mm-hmm. you know, Democrats have lost by uh, double digits in, in Ohio and presidential races. So it's not a state that you would just assume was going to pass this abortion uh, ballot measure to codify it in their state constitution. But they did. And to me, that yeah. says that this will continue to be an issue. Uh, Montana, they obviously have Senator Tester, who's up for reelection. But they also have state Supreme Court races that will have an impact on abortion. And 
there's so much. Sorry, I know I'm going on and on, but no, we'll no, no. What I love it because this is this is what we do every night here. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you about the Middle East and the election though? Because this is an area that I think they might succeed in driving a wedge mm. uh, between Democrats and progressives. Now, uh, since the days of the old Bernie fan, Hillary fan civil war back in mm-hmm. 2016, since those awful civil war days, the Democrats have done an amazing job of being unified. Nancy Pelosi yeah. saved the Affordable Care Act from the farthest left to the furthest right. Democrat, they've, yeah. they've, they've kept it together. And now we know the Republican Party, they don't care about Palestinian lives. And a lot of them only care about Israeli lives insofar as their rapture Bible fan fiction. So mm-hmm. all those Jews can either convert or die. Um, Democrats have a harder problem because Democrats have empathy for people they don't yeah. know, which includes yeah. Palestinians. And this issue is being used by a lot of chaos agents to drive a real wedge in the left. 66% of likely voters agree that U.S. should call for a ceasefire and de-escalation of violence in Gaza to prevent mm-hmm. more civilian deaths. Are you at all concerned that this could be an issue where the left and the center can be divided? Yeah. I mean, honestly, since 2018, 2018, we elected, if my memory serves me correct the most diverse house um in in history mm-hmm. and yes it was racially and ethnically diverse but it was also ideologically diverse just within the democratic party and so we've seen a few issues pop up um ultimately democrats kind of came together on those issues if you think about the infrastructure bill uh i think that was last year or 2021 the infrastructure bill versus uh build back better and just the strategic posturing around, do we pass this one without the other one? And and Democrats being frustrated around that. Um, And then, you know, you look at Manchin and Cinema and the things that they've held up within the party um, on the Senate side. And so, but we've been able to figure out how to get those things done. This, you know, the aid for Israel, well, I don't know what Mike Johnson's doing, but that aside, you know, <laughs> most of the folks in Congress do want to pass um, that funding. And so m- my hunch is there's not going to be like a real departure from our actual policy and kind of foreign policy and approach out of our lawmakers. But I am concerned that this will be something that depresses the vote for young people, especially young people of color, who are looking at this from definitely an empathetic standpoint, which I think empathy is across the entire party for both Israelis and Palestinians. Um, But I I think young people want to see more. I think they want to, well, obviously they want to see a ceasefire and that's not just young people. That's the stats you just read. That's the majority of, of Americans, but I don't think Democrats have done a good job of, of managing this externally. You know, I'm someone who there's probably a lot of people who don't agree with me on this um, because I feel the same way about committee hearings. I think there needs to be some stuff that's handled behind closed doors. Um, I can go into my committee hearing uh, thoughts if you care to hear them. But specifically on this, I do think Democrats would benefit from going behind closed doors and kind of sorting and hashing some of this out behind uh, the scenes. Because the more that these fractures are happening in front of people, you have voters, a lot of young voters saying, Joe Biden's not doing what I want him to do. And so I'm not going to participate in this. Yeah. he probably should have waited, not just jumping out so immediately, um, you know, with comments um, in in the wake of the attack, understanding that there's a long history there. And so I, I just 
That's the other thing. I, I'm not yeah. on TikTok. I don't know what's going on over there, but I know a lot of young people are getting their information um, from there. So I think there's also like a level of education that has to happen. Like we can't have these big topics really understood on social media because a lot of it, I mean, news is not even prioritized on a lot of these social media platforms of anymore. It's like a lot of opinion and opinions from people who are not well-versed in this stuff. But back to your actual question, I, I am really, really concerned about it. And one thing, unfortunately, about the American uh, populace is they have short memories. Yes. So, you know, to that degree, I think it's really going to depend on the state of things around the election, if it actually um, drives a wedge. But people are so frustrated with Joe Biden, regardless of what the issue is. Sure. It may just be one of the things they latch on to. to, to so make what do you that what, point. So what do you say? I mean, my million dollar question is, you know, when I talk to young people who say and every generation of young person says this government doesn't care about me. Gen X did it. Everyone does it. But mm-hmm. but, you know, when I talk to young people who say this White House doesn't care about me, I'm like, yeah. well, well, hang on. They they. They brought us out of a plague. Yeah. We have the lowest inflation of any of the G7 nations right mm-hmm. now. Uh, the guy pulled us out of the longest war in the history of the country, yep. over over $10 billion, with a B, dollars in student loan debt forgiveness. He just decriminalized weed at the federal level. Um, I just start rattling off achievements because I know these things have not been reported by a media that misses yeah. its Trump-sized ratings. What do you yep. say to young people who, who say that this administration holds nothing for them? I, I yeah. mean, stay home and let Trump win? What do you say? No, <laughs> no absolutely not. And so part of it is going through those... Um, those wins. And I get it. Civics first, civics education in this country is awful. I always tell people I didn't really understand government until I actually worked in government and could truly appreciate everything that's going on. Um, And so, you know, shouting at people, we don't have the votes, you know, we don't have the margins we need in the House and Senate is not going to work. I think you list off those wins that you just mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. Democrats, definitely, especially this White House, needs to do a better job at making people feel their policies. So Joe Biden wanted to forgive some student debt. The Supreme Court stopped him from doing that. And now he has a save plan, which essentially does, you know, can get you to student loan forgiveness. Um, And something that's really major in it is that if you're in this plan, you cannot pay interest. That getting your interest, you know, kind of forgiven as you go through this, uh, the payment process on kind of the principal, that's a big deal. You know, I will just tell folks, it's crazy. My interest, I went to grad school, That is, those are the loans I have now. I got my interest this year down to 630 a month. It was six, it was 750 uh, before. I saved up a ton during COVID so that I could try to bring that down. But that makes a tremendous difference. Like most of my payments are still going to interest, not the that's actual it. cost. That's what I say all the time. The educations the are already paid for. This, the, yeah. the diploma has yeah. been paid for. They're just still yeah. paying more money to money. banks for interest when yeah. they could be giving that money to banks for mortgage payments. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And, you know, the say, so I say that to say the save plan is good policy, but I don't think people are feeling it. I don't think they see it as student loan forgiveness because that's not how it's been talked about. And I totally get Biden not wanting to talk about it that way because then the Republicans would probably try to take that back to court as well. But, you know, have there been, you know, clinics where people can come and, you know, Department of Education officials help them actually sign up for this program and do whatever they need to do, explain it so it makes sense so that they can actually feel these policies. Uh, Something else I I just 
have not heard talked about enough um, since it failed to be reinstated was the um, expanded child tax credit. People exactly were right. getting money in their pockets on a monthly basis. And, you know, that expired because that's the way the bill was written. That seems that, like that's the, the way Manchin wanted thing. it. That's the way Joe and, Manchin wanted yeah. it, too. But yeah. But we could have easily gone after Republicans for not, um, you know, uh, continuing that because you look at a place like Kentucky. Kentucky is a perfect example because Kentucky is a red state that expanded Medicaid immediately. They yeah. didn't wait because they know they have a lot of poor people in that state. Exactly. The same thing would go for these expanded child tax credits. I mean, honestly, they probably, I know, they don't want, <laughs> Manchin, they try to play nice with Manchin. Someone should have put some ads up in that state because West Virginia also has a lot of poor That's people. It. It's just, there are ways you can kind of strong arm folks. And I will say, you know, I worked in the Senate when Harry Reid was majority leader and it just seemed like whatever he wanted people to do, he got them to do somehow. Amen. Um, I could talk about this all day. Lowest childhood poverty rate in history. And we did it. And we could do it again mm -hmm. if we had the will. Shaniqua McClendon yeah. is vice president of politics at Crooked Media, home to Pod Save America. How can our listeners learn more and follow you and Vote Save America? Yeah. Uh, if you go to votesaveamerica.com, we actually just switched over the site to start focusing on 2024. Everyone can get some rest, but just put your email in the site and starting in January, you'll get more information about how you can be engaged. And uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm not tweeting as much anymore. <laughs> um, I know but, the feeling. Yeah, but you should follow Vote Save America on all the platforms. It's at votesaveamerica.com. Shanika McClendon, I have, I, have, I have wanted to get you on this show forever. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll be right back with your calls. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's hear some SZA on the night like this before we're done. I'm John Fugel saying this is SiriusXM Progress, and Dr. Tracy Pearson is a legal analyst and a consultant I've admired on TV and radio and podcasts and Forbes and Fast Company, the New York Post. You may have also seen her on Cheddar News or News Nation. We are super blessed to have her join us every Wednesday night to make sense of all of this. Dr. Tracy, welcome back to SiriusXM. Well, thank you, John. The admiration is mutual, and it is always a highlight of my week when I can be on this show on the night of a GOP debate because the intellectual rigor just is so tremendous between the two of us yes. that we we just we raise the intellect of people after they've watched that. Yes, we're here to karmically balance and um, intellectually and morally what people just sat through. I, I got to see most of the first hour 
of the Suicide Squad. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I can think of human appendixes that have more of a function in society than that. The Pope's nipples probably have more of an impact on our <laughs> politics than what we just saw tonight. Um, you know, they're all in a race to see who can only be 50 points behind Donald Trump. They're all fighting to see who can be a distant number two. That's all that was really, wasn't it? It, it was. I, I am longing for the, you know, the, what was it, the summer of, of, of 2016, maybe 2015, when, when all these debates were happening and, and they were all lined up on the stage. And at least there was something intriguing about it in sort of a Coliseum way. But this is basically the Alson brands that are just yeah. standing there rather limp and, and, and backbiting each other. Yeah. Like, it is it is pathetic yeah and also what's pathetic to me if i may that nbc sponsored this presidential debate tonight and their partner was this far-right website rumble which <laughs> has put forth a lot of very vile opinions out there as is their right but i i viewed this tonight as nbc validating rumble as a credible news source despite the fact that rumble spreads a lot of disinformation and um you know, and they they're into radicalizing young men like the Proud Boys. So I, I that was an issue for me as well. And then, of course, there's Ron DeSantis's charisma to balance it all out. Indeed. And then I guess we got a, a soft introduction to Tim Scott's girlfriend. Uh, did at we the end? We I didn't did. get to see the end. What happened? Did, did we find out about his girlfriend who lives in Canada? Uh, yeah, she she uh, is a is a long, blonde haired a uh, white woman who looked a bit uncomfortable, but they did the obligatory stand their arm around picture sort oh, of thing. Oh, they showed her. And that's then, great. Mm -hmm, Lots of hand Yeah, holding. you'll catch it on. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm sure that'll I'm sure that'll help him with the South Carolina voters quite a bit, won't it? That'll be terrific. <laughs> if I could also just uh, jump in real quick, John, uh, you also yes. uh, missed this from Vivek Ramaswamy. Please play uh, more Vivek's greatest hits tonight. Oh to you and frankly look the people there are cheering for losing in the republican party think about who's moderating this debate this should be tucker carlson joe rogan and elon musk we'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that gop primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party you think the democrats and we've got christian welker here you think the democrats would actually hire greg gutfeld to host a democratic debate they wouldn't do it now, um, we know who he was really auditioning for there, don't we? I heard that clip earlier. He knows that the Republican Party echelons are never going to accept him. He knows that his campaign's a joke. He's, he's going for the people that are his presidents, Joe Rogan and Elon Musk and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it was... Um it's never a good attack to, to attack the moderators of a debate or, you know, the hosts of, of the show. We wait till afterwards to do that, you know, except <laughs> you. we don't do that with you. But um, it is it is one of those things where you just sit there and you're like, you are just there to you're like you're like not even Donald Trump's tiny little brother who's trying to emulate some of his his behavioral patterns. Yeah, it you're is. Right. You, you know, he's because Donald Trump's stupid. I mean, there's way more to his stupid. This guy's actually smart. It's just that he's packaged wrong. And so is so is his ideas. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's smart, but he's he's smart, but he's not wise. And he's a petulant toddler who's just fixated on getting attentions. I mean, I think he showed up at this debate tonight knowing he was going to attack the moderators because 
that's the model now. I mean, that's the, what chaos agent politics is. It's what Trump did. I mean, it's what so many of these violent people are doing overseas. It is let's create chaos. No plan for where it's going to lead to, but let's just hope we come out on top when it's done. That was the bin Laden methodology. Yeah, I want to see a debate where where the the rules are that they have a, a microphone, you know, off button. And the second they deviate from from the answer, it's sort of like, yeah. you know, they shut them right down. Like, you know, objection narrative, boop, shut yeah. down and, and you move on to the next person. I mean, nobody would ever agree to that, but I still think that that's the way it should be handled because... Otherwise, what we're just seeing is is this theatrical performance that is not conducive to running um, a country. You're right. Exactly right. But again, I don't know how many of these people are actually trying to run the country. I think Ron DeSantis thought he had a really good shot at it. I think Nikki Haley thinks she could have a shot at something down the road. And Chris Christie realizes he should have had a shot in 2016 and blew it. So uh, other than that, I don't know why Tim Scott and Vivek are on that stage. I mean, we we all know why. Public speaking fees. Basically. <laughs> Book writing. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. We have a lot of callers on hold as well, Dr. Tracy. I want to talk with you about world events, the war, and, of course, uh, the election this week. But let's say a quick hello to our friend, Trucker Steve, who's on line eight. Steve, where are you calling us from tonight? Where on the road are you? Uh, Minnesota. I've been working up in Minnesota for the last three years. So. Oh, good for you. Beautiful part of the country. I love it there. So... Anyway, I was calling about abortion, how Republicans Let's talk about it. around it. Yeah. They need to point out the extreme, the extreme Democratic position, too, and moderate their position. What's so, the extreme what's Democratic? That? The extreme Democratic position being That's that women should have control of their own bodies, right? That's the extreme Democratic position, that women get to decide what well, happens with their bodies? It's extreme, it's extreme that you should have an abortion until the day before you get birth. Yeah, Steve, 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 but you know, Steve, you know, Steve, A, that's not legal in most of the country, and B, no one has ever said, you know, I've carried this thing in my body for nine months, but I want to go dancing tonight, so I'm going to zap it. That's never happened. It's not going to happen. It's one of those things they fill your head with to get you all worked up, Steve. No one carries a baby inside them for nine months and then terminates the day before they give birth. It doesn't happen. It's bullshit. Don't get upset about it. Well, okay, yeah. let's go with Europe. The, the norm in Europe is first trimester. That's the norm in Europe. And okay. that's liberal. That's far more liberal than America. Right? That's not an unreasonable position. Wait a minute. Do you have a uterus? Like, how do you know what, what, what our position is and, and what we do? Well, and but what no, we no. Do? Where I'm coming from is, where I'm coming from, my mom was uh, 17 when she had me. If anybody was a candidate for an abortion, I was, and I would be dead. I would have existed. I would have ceased to exist by somebody else's hand. I would have been murdered. And there's one plus one equals two. Okay, but Steve, but Steve, but Steve, I'm glad your mother didn't. I'm glad your mother had a choice. And one of the things that we keep talking about on the show is, number one, the Bible's not actually against abortion at any point. And I never two, used the Bible. Whenever I, I know you don't. I said it's Bible, one of the things we I talk about on this show. Bible. Steve, bless you. It's one of the things we talk about on this show. The other thing is that men like you and me, people without uteruses, can sit down on this. It's not up to us. We don't get to make this choice for women. The most pro-life person I know is my mother. Okay, and that's great. And again, we're really happy that she had you and that you're here. To me, pro-life also includes being against the death penalty, which Jesus actually opposed. But um, again, the point is, uh, I know it makes you really mad, but the government should not have the power 
to force American citizens to be pregnant if they don't want to be. So, and I'm not stupid on the issue, the medical reasons and... uh, it's none of our business, though, Steve. It's none of our business. The government, the government should not be allowed should not be allowed to force women against their will to carry and bear their rapist children. Not theologically, logically. I don't know how you don't consider it a person. I really don't. I, well, I it's do not up to me, and I have no say in it. So it's very simple for me, Steve. It's very simple for you. If you have a penis, you are invited to sit down and play with it and let women control their own bodies, because it's not up to us. We have no say. It's none of our, what we call, goddamn business. No, right? there's no, there's nothing... No, across the board, you can't have what, it's your body, you can do whatever you, your little heart desires with your All body. All right, then you let's sterilize you. Are, are we cool with that? Are we cool with that? Because see, if, if people can decide what to do to other people's bodies, let's just decide to do that to people. Well, I and think what's more reasonable, actually, Dr. Actually, Dr. Tracy, actually, I think more reasonable. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Actually, if I was a deadbeat dad to have four or five kids that I'm not paying for, yeah, forced sterilization. Okay, well, again, I'm against forced sterilization as well. Uh, you know what I'd like, Steve? I'd like to see uh, every man in America be forced by the government to have to get uh, a vasectomy at age 14. And then when you're older and decide you're going to have children, then you get a free vasectomy reversal surgery. Would you support that? Uh, no, that really. You have no say. You have no say in it. You have to. You have to do it. Every male at age fourteen gets snipped, and until and then, when you're ready to have a child, they'll they'll give you free surgery. But you are forced by the government to have uh, a, a vasectomy at age fourteen. You wouldn't support that. You what about have all the to do something what, wrong? You'd have to do something ab- wrong first. Why? What about all the abortions you'd be preventing? I mean, you'd you'd stop the problem. What? What? what, what isn't that the the goal here? Do something wrong first. I'm all for I'm all for birth control. I'm not not force birth. Control. No, no. I'm saying I'm saying force. No, no. I'm saying force men, force men against their will to have vasectomies, and then they won't impregnate anybody. And then when they're ready, we'll pay the government will pay to get their surgeries to have it reversed. Right? Force them to have vasectomies against their will. Come on, Steve. That's a solution, Actually, right? Actually, I'm being cynical here, but realistically, you might never get them reversed, and we might have a population problem. Doesn't matter, Steve. Do you like the idea? We force, we force, Steve, we're going to force all men. We force all males to have vasectomies. Do you like the idea? No, but it's not the same thing. I'm not, what do you mean? uh, Sure it is. It's not the same thing. You don't get to control your body. The government knows what's good for you. The government will control your body, Steve. There's no person involved here. There's no Um, person involved here. You mean the fetus inside the woman? It's a person. We're all fetuses. It's not a person. Every single one of us. A fetus fetus is something that could become a person. A fetus is something that could become a person, my friend. It's not a person. Again. No, and actually you don't know what the... What's your first memory? Three, maybe three, maybe four years old? What of it? That's not the line. It doesn't matter what my first... Steve, my first memory doesn't mean a woman should be forced to carry and bear her rapist child. Okay, I don't get to decide that for a woman and the government doesn't either. You might be more big government than me. I'm not that big government. Not into it. Well, anyway, I'm talking a more reasonable position. I'm talking like a first trimester. Yeah, it's not. It's it's you deciding for a woman, Steve. Uh, Listen, I I think I'm not into DNC abortions. I think second uh, trimester abortions creepy. Third trimester abortion repulses me. It's not up to me. God damn it. 
It's not up to me. My opinion on this matter doesn't that's matter. Wait a second, though. That it's up there. It's it's society that decides when it's murder. I mean, um, we don't. Decide. Men can men can sit down on this one, Steve. It's not up to us. It's up to women. No. It's their bodies. Doctor, do you Steve, want to weigh in actually, at all? Steve oh, said Chris that. Uh, Steve said that the first trimester was the norm. Where? In Europe, he says. Europe. Well, Europe. What's the? It's the norm in Europe. What's the norm in Tampa? Well, it's it's uh, six weeks, which I thought uh, politically, defense should have never touched it. Yeah, I think the I think the I think the problem is, uh, 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 Steve. I, I don't like your the fetist attitude. Oh, oh, you went all that way for a dad joke. Oh, oh, I oh, I'm going to abort the last thirty seconds of this show. Oh, that's a terminated in Tampa drop. That was amazing. Oh, just just I oh, you're you're Steve. You, you and I are going to join forces against Chris. That's all I have to say about that. Mm-mm. That joke Mm-mm. was an atrocity. No, no. Yeah. Okay, I got Chris's back. Go ahead, Tracy. Chris. <laughs> no, I, I thought I thought you but were bottom, doing doing an excellent job making that argument. I am so line, proud to be your friend. But bottom line is politically, politically, they need to uh, point out the extremes on the other side. There are no extremes like on the other side. There's no extremes sir. on the other side, Steve. There's no extremes. There are none. The extremes okay, are I want women. you to give me one case. I want you. No, no, no. Stop talking for a second. No I one heard. Is Steve. I let, let Tracy talk, Steve. Let Tracy talk. Go ahead. I want you to give me one example, cited example, not something that some Tucker Carlson spewed into your ear. I want to know one example of a a a, a an abortion the day before you give birth. I mean, come on, give me. Do you a have break. any names of people who do this, Steve? In any specific instances of when this was done in history of of America? Any at all? Uh, actually, uh, I kind of do that. Uh, that girl. That was that survived an abortion and lost her arm. That survived an abortion. Do you have any names, so, cities? Wait, what? What? what are you? I some girl her name, sur- but there's a person. There's a person who survived an abortion. She lost her arm in the abortion. Okay, but yeah, mm-hmm. there is an example of that. So, so based on a story you heard about someone who had a third no, trimester abortion and lost an arm. Right, but you don't have a she name. She you don't have a name. You don't know anyone about it. But but again, it's strong enough for you to decide that women should remember. not get. I don't rem- I don't remember. You know, the girl Steve. I, I can I just say that if you are losing your arm in an abortion, you hired a really bad abortionist. I want to point that out. You hired a terrible. <laughs> terrible abortionist and by the way i think we should ban abortionists who take away your arm uh, that that i will be with you all the way uh no, in all no, 50 states i support a full ban on abortionists who remove limbs from patients I'm behind that too there's a yeah. few examples of people surviving abortion you know that uh-huh but you don't have them you don't have any names this is just you something you feel passionately that. about based on shit you heard you're gonna pass judgment for women you see where i'm going with this i gotta go steve i love you please drive safe uh but it's not your business, it's not mine. We don't get to decide. Tracy, do you have any comments uh, after? I'm, I, you've said it. You've done it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Here to help. Yeah. Uh, let me play a quick clip earlier today on POTUS. Let's just have a palate cleanser with one of my favorite congresswomen from the great town of Chicago, a friend of this show, Jan Schakowsky, who's joined us on stage before, and she's been on this show. Earlier today on POTUS, she explained why she has grown the growing chorus of American legislators calling for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. You know, as a, as a Jew, I am very concerned, of course, about the uh, attack um, by Hamas on Israel. 
but at the same time, we can't let the people who are absolutely innocent within the Gaza Strip um, see this kind of um, death, either by um, attacks or because they have no health care, they need water. It's, it's, a, it's a really tough time right now. I mean, now we've got Joe Biden finally coming out and calling for a, a humanitarian ceasefire. I, I don't think that's going to persuade Bibi Netanyahu, doctor. No, it, it will not. Um, he has gone so far beyond um, anything. I mean, the last time this happened in 2021, uh, Biden called him up and said, you've run out of runway. No doubt that that communication has happened um, and it, it, he doesn't care. And I think that I absolutely believe what happened happened. But I also think that in September, when when Netanyahu stood on 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 the dais at, at the U.N. and made a speech where there was no Gaza and there was no West Bank on a map when he was talking about how there would be peace in the Middle East, yes. that I think that that was a foreshadowing of what his plans were in some manner. I, I, I have sort of been tracing some some various things that have happened over time with respect to him funding Hamas. The fact that there the that there how does how does forty five hundred people go over a border and you didn't see them coming? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a lot of this that that has to be looked at, but there's no doubt in my mind what happened happened. But it, it, he wants to wipe them off off the planet and and I believe that because you we don't go into wars and 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 kill everybody you know we don't we don't bomb the hell out of everybody kill everybody we don't we don't uh, starve them to death we don't dehydrate them to right. death we give them water we give them fuel we give them food and we make them our friends because when we do that we can find out where the people are that we want to get and yes. and this is not happening he is dehumanized these people and 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 it is it is just just angering like i am just so angry you. about what's going on over there i'm with you but I, I i don't know if his goal is actually to uh ethnically cleanse gaza of palestinians i think his goal is to keep himself out of jail to distract the narrative from his own corruption to try to use this unspeakable horror and tragedy of this this this, this despicable loss of life to help his own political fortunes and maybe try in some way to cement his branding for after he's left office. Pretty much all he's talking about is all I've ever cared about is keeping Israel safe. Well, then, if you did that, you wouldn't have propped up Hamas back in 2019 because they made well, me look good. Exactly. And and he's also silencing opposition in his own country. The the Knesset, um, their legislature has passed a new law that that makes it unlawful. It makes it unlawful with imprisonment of a year um, yes. to consume what they call um, terrorist, uh, you know, information or media. So like if you're scrolling through, you know, TikTok and you're deliberately looking for, let's say, free Palestine that might meet that requirement. And um it is it is the idea behind it is to prevent what he would consider to be a lone wolf attack and yeah. i i and, and to prevent sort of indoctrination and um i've learned a lot you know your prior guests are saying she's not on tiktok i'm on tiktok you're on tiktok i i've been listening to these young um jewish women talk 
about uh, about all of this and yeah. learning a lot. And I do think that it is useful for that um, if you're looking in the right places. But um, Netanyahu has labeled um, these journalists that are over there documenting what's happening as mm-hmm. Hamas and, and Hamas propagandists. So yeah. they're 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 in danger. Let me go to Bill in New Jersey, who's been uh, waiting on hold for, for ages. Uh, Bill, welcome. You're on with Dr. Tracy Pearson. Hey, Hi, Bill. How you doing? Hello. What's on your hey. mind? Hey. Well, John, my therapist has a bone to pick with you. Okay. She's, yeah. She says it's her job to make me happy, and you just stay out of it. Okay. 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 Yeah. My therapist don't, just bought don't. his third boat because of me. So, so you know. <laughs> Well. You want to argue with a New Jersey therapist? Go ahead. Um, no, thank you. Anyway. Yeah. I argue with my own. Uh, thank you. Really? Um, yeah, as far as, uh, just briefly, as far as the Israeli thing is, Biden, people keep yelling at Biden to cause a, to make a ceasefire. He's not in charge. Thank you. He's not the president of Israel. That's correct. correct. There's nothing he can do uh, other than to try to stay on his side while fighting him you know it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, that's why uh what's his name has been over the uh what's his name uh the, the, the lincoln secretary of state ba- right, ba- right, ba- right has been over there a million times and by the way john the yeah. uh caller who said that uh american presidents never go to africa every mm-hmm. president then including um fdr excluding yeah. reagan has been to egypt Many, many times. It's a good point. Jimmy Carter, oh no, was it Barack Obama was there like 16 times. As far as I know, Egypt is part of Africa. Anyway, so. You're right, man. In, in Lewis's exactly right. defense, I think that he was implying sub-Saharan Africa, and I think that he, he was. was talking about how these these military righteous missions and wars that we've involved ourselves in never seem oh, we to never go over there right. well there's no oil under their ground so why would we you know interfere with their affairs exactly. of course yeah yeah well we we got to kind of pick the the battles that we want to fight for other people anyway um <laughs> but but anyway uh, as far as this what i'm scared about is these friggin' attacks in syria on U.S. bases, which I didn't even know we had in Syria. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. It's almost, it's almost, and it's Ryan's behind the whole thing, and the Republican Guard, and it's almost like they had the plans of how to invade Iran in advance. <laughs> they do our strategy out there. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, on top you know? of that, on top of that, I was reading this morning that Israel was doing low flying over um, Beirut. And and I'm just like, you know, look, I understand that you think you've got the U.S. U.S.'s backing, but we're not going to come in and save your ass when you taunt people like that. That's thank just you. it's ridiculous. Thank you. Yeah, we got to hit a break. Yeah, but Bill, I, I thank you. Go ahead. Take it. Make, right on. OK, thank you, Bill. I appreciate your call and I appreciate right the points on. you always make. <laughs> Dr. Tracy, can you stay with us till after the break? I can. We'll be right back with more of your calls. We're at 866-997-4748. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. I'm John Fugelsang. Uh, Dr. Tracy Pearson, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your many doings? Everybody can find me everywhere at Tracy Explains, and I have a substack, Dr. Tracy Explains. Well, let me ask you, in our final minutes, uh, lawmakers censured uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, the only Palestinian-American in Congress, saying that her criticism of Israel crossed the line into anti-Semitism. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts were on this. I am ashamed of the Democrats that voted with the Republicans. I, I see that as a racist attack on her. Um, you don't have to like what someone says. Um, you can say things and it can be it can be upsetting. It can be hurtful. It can be offensive. Um, it wasn't criminal and it didn't rise to a civil tort. And her job is to represent her constituents and she represents them well from her district. Um, and and they voted her into office to to represent their, you know, their positions. Yeah. And I find it gravely offensive that we have basically pooped on the Constitution. Yeah. Um, you know, they're allowed to do it. And I think she crossed some lines. Like she said stuff I wouldn't have said. Uh, I don't think it really helps her or her party to call Joe Biden the practitioner of genocide. I think it takes a lot of the onus off of uh, uh, Netanyahu. But I, I will say um, I, I didn't agree with the actual vote. And I wouldn't be surprised if her constituents choose to return her to the Congress after this. And again, represent- my big thing is, I, I, I love it when the party of Kanye West and Nick Fuentes lecture the rest of us <laughs> about anti-Semitism, Tracy. Indeed, and I love it when Representative Raskin stands up and defends her with yep. his full throat. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. And and again, I don't think she hates Jewish people. Uh, maybe she does, and we'll all be surprised by this, but I, I, I don't see that happening. Um, Chris, do we have time for one more call, or are we out of luck? We're out of luck, aren't we? Yeah. We've come to the end of the trail. What a good Sorry, show this folks. has been. That's okay. Yeah. Sorry, callers. Tracy? Next time. Next time they can talk to us. Well, ne- while I still have you for one more... Oh, was that Patty Smith? Chris? Are we at the end of the show? Here yeah. we go. I was, I was starting it. I had to adjust the volume. I was starting it way too loud. <laughs> no worries. All right. Well, Tracy, we barely got to talk about Election Day last night, so uh, let's table this and we'll see you next week. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. 
it's always a better week when I can have you on the show. So we're most grateful. Also grateful to the great Bob Seska. Uh, We are grateful, as always, to the mighty Thea Harper and uh, still somewhat grateful to uh, Chris Hauselt and the great Shaniqua McClendon from Crooked Media. Really a pleasure to finally get her on the show. We'll be back tomorrow with our good friend Liz Winstead. In the meantime, keep it tuned to progress all day. Um, And we'll see you then. Keep it here. Peace. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.